Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Now, Sunday morning, we taught on symbols and substance. I'm going to pick up part two on that tonight and go into 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1 through 5 and 13 through 17 in this. And this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. How many know that the idol of self is the God that is worshipped by a lot of people today? Lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despiser of all things that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. But evil men, verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. They shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in the salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, dear God, for this time to study. Help us, oh God, to get, Lord, planted firmly, God, in you like never before. Planted in truth. Planted, dear God, in your word that we would stand for your word continually. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. 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 Lord bless you. You can be seated. We are continuing on the thought of symbols and substance. Amen. Related to sanctification, on Sunday... If you want to, you can go back and watch the service or listen to the podcast. 
because we went into the three aspects of redemption that is biblically stated justification, sanctification, and ultimately glorification. Amen. Somebody captured the essence of this by saying it like this. I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. My spirit is saved, my soul is getting worked over. Anybody's emotions and, and feelings and your being get got to improve daily. So I, I want to be more like Christ. That's known as sanctification. And one of these days, we're going to stand before the Lord, amen, when it is all said and done, and that will be glorification. Paul wrote it like this, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Aren't you glad for that? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. For when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Amen. That is going to be a glorious day. Amen. And we're going to be like him. I look forward to that day. In justification, my spirit is saved. In sanctification, my soul is being processed to be like Christ. And then one day this body will be changed. Hallelujah. There's a lot of aches and pains that can go with this life. But on the other side, at one point he's going to say, come up hither. Amen. And we're going to be uh, raptured with him. And the graves are going to burst open. Those that, that have been burnt to a crisp or cremated, they're going to be formed together. There's going to be those that were uh, pushed over the side of a ship. Amen. That they're going to come from the waters. Oh, what a day that is going to be. And we're going to have a new body. We're going to have a new body. It'll be perfect. Amen. And you talk about a shouting time. We better, get, we better get prepared now. We ought to act like it now. Get ready for that moment of glorification. So the Word of God teaches us about this process called sanctification. More and more to be like Him. Be, be mature as He would have us to be mature. This is sanctification. And the way we portray sanctification is often seen through symbols and the substance behind the symbols. Many holiness questions, many external questions are answered when we know the difference between what is a symbol of holiness and what is the substance of holiness. What is the symbol of righteousness <clears throat> And what is the substance of, of righteousness? Amen. We realize today that, that people have made lists and tried to legislate holiness. Let me just tell you this, that you cannot legislate holiness. 
If that could be the case, then all the Jews for hundreds of years that followed the law would have got it down. But they couldn't because you can't legislate the uh, holiness. You have to live holiness. And you have to have His power inside of you to live holy. Amen. Amen. But God uses symbols to manifest His substance or His principles are often seen like we talked about on Sunday. God said, I'll put a rainbow in the sky and it is a token to show you my covenant. I will never destroy the earth again by a flood. Amen. The symbol reveals the substance of the covenant. The symbol in itself doesn't mean anything without the covenant that he made. If that were the case, then all these people that wave their rainbow stuff would, would, would be a representative of a divine thing. But because their symbol doesn't match his substance, they are being incorrect in how they're employing that symbol. That is an extreme. But you and I, if we're not careful, we can reveal a symbol that doesn't have the substance. Jesus said it like this of the Pharisees. He said, you've got it white on the outside. You've got it clean on the, in, on the outside. But inside of you, you're a, it's a sepulcher of dead man's bones. You see, holiness and living for God, it should be displayed externally, yes. But it comes from the power that is internal. It comes from the power of God's presence that is internal. <clears throat> I've told you the story. Let me share with you again a story. Uh, my family, my great uncle was a, I guess, a rebel rouser and a uh, moonshiner. And he, he, he took over the smokehouse at my granddad's house and and turned it into a steel. And he was making home brew behind the house there where my grandparents lived. And, and, and he was evidently pretty uh, uh, influential in the community about selling his moonshine. He had storage of moonshine. And, and, and so there came a preacher into the community that come in, and this was his, his church. He cut a tree down put a board on it, nailed it. That was his pulpit. He, he ran some uh, uh, kerosene in some jugs or jars and put a rag in it and lit it, and that was his light. And he preached in, in that community there in Oberlin, Louisiana. And my great uh, uncle said, I'm going to go and run that guy out of town. I don't like his preaching. We don't care for his preaching. And what he was is he was a Pentecostal preacher that come in preaching the infilling of the Holy Ghost and baptism in Jesus' name. And so my, my great uncle goes to that still, he goes to his stash, and he gets him a bunch of that moonshine, and he gets tanked up on that moonshine, and he goes down to that, 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 that uh, open-air meeting, and, and he comes back, and his arms are bleeding where he got all cut up, and, and he said to my, my grandfather, Henry, they've got a barbed wire fence all around that, and I can't get to the guy. So the next night, he went sober and found that there was no barbed wire fence. 
There was a protection from the Lord that kept that man. And so he sat in the shadows and listened to that Pentecostal preacher preach. He went back the next night and got a little closer. He come back the next night and got a little closer. And the following night he was sitting on a log and the Holy Ghost hit him and he fell to the dirt speaking in other tongues. They took him and baptized him in the name of Jesus. Now, he didn't have a discipleship class. He didn't have anybody teaching him anything, but he went home and immediately took that steel and tore it to pieces, poured every bit of that moonshine out on the ground, and he, he even took his cigarette-making machine and destroyed that. Amen. And began, who, who told him that? There was something on the inside that says there's a substance in here. There is a power in here, and it wants me, he wants me to... To live it out here but today we've got the idea is that I can decide I can decide what the symbol is I can decide how it should represent what God is all about amen but I want to tell you today God is very clear in his word that he wants the form to match the substance. He wants the symbol to match the substance. Oh, praise be to God. If we're not careful, we can have a lot of externals. That means nothing. That doesn't, that, 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 that isn't clear because we are not living it on the inside. But when you get Christ in you, there's something that says, he wants me to be holy, so I'm going to watch how I talk. He wants me to be holy, so I'm going to watch how I, I live and how I act. God dwells in us, as we said Sunday, because we are the temple of God. We're filled with his spirit. And it's important to know how you act in both Walmart, work, and home. And so, so Paul writes to Timothy and he says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of thereof, listen to what he says, from such, turn away. Having, interesting word here in the Greek means to hold something, to possess something, and it is in the present tense, which means this is their lifestyle. This is their habitual practice. It is the way they go about it. It is their habitual practice. They, they, they have a form of holiness. They have a form of a relationship with God. But on the inside, there's something missing in the substance of it. This doesn't just apply to the holier than thou. This doesn't just apply to the conservative. It applies to those that we would consider perhaps liberal that have decided that they are going to disdain the external. Some will make the external their salvation and others will make it something that is not important. I believe the Bible teaches us that you got to have both. I believe the Bible teaches us that you both need the substance and the power of uh, this uh, 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 representation, but we also need the symbol to go along with it. Uh, amen. Having the habitual practice of, of a form, but not the power. Having a symbol, but not the substance. The word form here means... Uh, 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 the mere substance of something, the mere semblance, amen. In the Greek, 
the form befitting a thing or truly express the fact, the, the very form, the embodiment, the essential features, the appearance, having the appearance. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we've got to move just beyond appearance and externals and let us have something that is inside of us that creates what we live on the outside of us. We tell the truth because truth is inside of us. We walk in a way that is pleasing to God because He lives inside of us. We are the temple of a living God and we represent Him everywhere we go. We represent Him in every place, in all times, everywhere. That's why we must be careful what kind of jokes we tell. What kind of stories we talk about. Uh, what kind of movies we watch. Uh, what kind of TV shows we watch. Uh, I'm preaching right now. Can I get an amen? amen? Why? Because there is something inside of us that says, He's holy. And because He's in me, I've got to be holy. I've got to be holy. So I want the form or the substance to be displayed in the symbol that I have. They have a form of godliness. They have a semblance of an external, external appearance. Let me just tell you, not everything that mentions the name God is our God. Not everything that's got a title God on it is our God, Jehovah, manifested as Jesus Christ, amen, in the flesh. It is not. It is another God. Don't, don't, don't get thrown up when there are those that are, are say they're spiritual and they pray. Or even if they say, Jesus, talk to me. If it doesn't match what Jesus said in this, amen, it's not the same Jesus. It's not the same Christ. We have got to have not just a semblance that I'm spiritual or that I, I call on the name of Jesus. There's a lot of people I'm afraid that profess that they are followers of Christ, but their, 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 their external example is not clear. It is not Christ. So they have a form. They have an external appearance. You can have 45 crosses around your neck, and it doesn't mean a hill of beans if you don't have the power of the cross in your heart. Amen? Amen. It's not just about saying that I'm a Christian or declaring that I'm a Christian. It's that am I representing Christ in my symbol as well as the substance? No, they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. This is where we live today. There are people that profess to be Christians, profess to be children of God, but they have refused to receive anything that has to do with godliness, holiness, righteousness, running from sin, fleeing sin, fleeing idolatry, fleeing fornication, fleeing the things of this, of this world. Let me just tell you today, we, we've got to learn. We've got to learn that there must be an internal something that tells us what is going on externally and warns us. Amen. But they deny the power. They reject it. Amen. Paul chooses a strong word here which implies that they know and yet 
they decide to reject it. That's what the Greek word denied means. They, they, it's not just simply saying no. It is refusing to agree and consent to something. It is, it is to disclaim any connection or responsibility for that. I don't have to do that. I don't have to be like that. I don't have to live like that. Amen. Deny carries the idea of purposeful, intentional action that I've decided. Have you ever met somebody that, that one day used to walk this way, one day used to talk about living for God, but now they have decided I don't have to do that external stuff I'll just simply say I'm a Christian or I'll say I'm a follower of Christ, but the symbol and the substance do not match. I said the symbol and the substance do not match. Amen. Symbols, brothers and sisters, are still a huge part of God's principles today. Amen. But they mean nothing without substance. When we value symbols over substance, they can quickly become idols that we worship. Say it again. When we value symbols, when we value externals, when we value uh, uh, things that we don't do, places we don't go, over the substance that it should be connected to, amen, we walk into the place of a Pharisee. When a symbol of holiness is removed then from the substance of holiness, uh, the symbol becomes legalistic and powerless and the tradition of men. You can't separate a symbol from the substance of holiness and it, unless it becomes a, 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 a symbol that is out of order. Let me give you an example. How many remember the snake in the wilderness that Moses raised up because they were bitten by snakes? It was a snake, and, and it's such a beautiful picture of Christ. It's a beautiful picture of, of how that he hung on a tree for us. But if you study the history of that thing, it's called Nehostan. They called it Nehostan. And, and some 700 years later, it is in the house of God, and they're worshiping it like an idol. They're worshiping it like an idol. Listen, we can have a move of God. But we don't need to make an idol over that move of God because it can become, it can be something that doesn't represent us or represent what God is trying to do. I've seen great revivals that people decide that this is the way we're going to have it. This is how we're going to do it. Mighty men of God that are used prophetically in the miracles and signs and wonders. Oh, this is how we're going to have, a, a, this is the right church. And if you don't come and listen to that guy on tape, even though he's been dead for a long time, you cannot have the truth. Well, we, 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 we've then messed up. We've messed up and created a Nahashtan. We've created an idol over uh, an event, amen, or over something that may have meant for one time. Let me just tell you today, I need a fresh anointing of God. Winter's approaching. Is your heater working? Is your furnace working? Because you can have a painting of a fireplace on your wall and go over there and put your hand up to it 
thinking, man, that looks so real. But there's no heat coming from it. That's exactly what I'm trying to get to us today, is that I don't want to just look like a painting on the wall, like some kind of pristine apostolic that I've got all my act together and I look like it, but there's nothing there to back it up. There's no substance. There's no depth. There is no walk with God. I can look like it, amen, but oh Lord, let me have the substance to match the symbol. You can find a picture of a cake. It looks so real. But it doesn't taste very good. Because it's just a symbol. But we need to know the substance. We need to have the substance. of. When substance has no symbol, then there is confusion and misrepresentation of what God wants. Let's look at Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work a reprobate, which means void of judgment. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. In, in their actions they are denying Him. Their symbol and their substance does not match up. Amen. There must be validity and substance to what we show or else it is worthless, brothers and sisters. Our holiness, external holiness is worthless unless there is an internal holy move of God burning in our fire, burning like fire in our soul. Amen. Let me just tell you today, we can look at some things in Scripture. Let me look at one in particular. We teach and believe according to Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 teaches us that a, a man is to have short hair and a lady is to have long uncut hair. But when you study that verse of Scripture in its context, Paul is talking about headship and authority. And he used a woman's hair and a man's hair to show the internal workings of authority and power on display. So an external look is that, and, and if you study that, it goes all the way down to where uh, uh, because of the angels is what, what Paul says. What does that mean? Is that there's one way that an angel can look at a person and see are they submitted or not. Amen. And that is about, is the symbol showing? Is there a symbol showing? And an angel can look at that and tell by the external. But then they have to go to the internal. I want the, I want the submission to match the external. I want the humbleness to submit to God in alignment with Christ. Yeah. Having my home and my life in order. Amen. Now you can have hair all the way from the top of your head and dragging on the floor below. But if the symbol does not match the substance, it's still out of order. And you can take a lady that, that, that uh, cancer has stricken her, her body, but her heart is submitted to Christ and to her husband, and she will have the substance 
and the authority to pray and seek God, even though her hair may have been fallen out. Amen. Why? Because for that time, God still understands that there is a substance here and there will be a symbol that comes out, amen, one way or another. It must be that we have a substance that matches the symbol and a symbol that matches the substance. Remember, not too long ago, we taught on the seven churches of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And each of these seven churches represented a unique characteristic. They were all churches. And they all had common pronouncements and then they had unique pronouncements. One common observation that you can find in every letter To every church is this statement Jesus made. I know thy works. I know thy works. Heaven knew them for what they were doing. Not just for what they were preaching, but what they were doing. What you and I do after conversion matters. What you and I do as a son and daughter of Christ matters. He knows our works. He knows our faith and he knows uh, uh, how we're operating. Amen. But I will tell you that the promises of God to the kingdom come to a lifestyle that is habitually committed to matching symbol with substance. uh, Matching an external life from an internal life. The moral fiber of our society is deteriorating at an alarming rate. Can you say amen? Just in the days, just like it was in the days of the judges. When leadership was at a premium, the majority was doing what was right in their own eyes. Amen. We're living in the day where you can pick and choose how you want to be, how you want to look, what you want to do. Amen. But oh God, let me go back to my relationship with you and let me, Father, be humble about it. Not proud, not pharisaical, but Lord, let me have something in here that shows out there. There was a time in our country's history that the church, that any church, carried a lot of voice in the community. Not so today. Hollywood, entertainment industry, liberal theologians, elite educators are persistently redefining right and wrong. Right and wrong. as something off. The value of life is tarnished by one's own personal whim. Where can we go to establish our, our, our foundation. Where can we go to get our footing once, once, once more? We've got to go back to the principles that the Lord said to live by and live by them daily. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to do right. I want to live like him. That boils down to two statements. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. Thank the Lord today that we can overcome Amen, because there are principles whereby we can live. I'm 
I'm of the opinion that a lot of people live dysfunctional life because they strive to follow church standards without understanding holiness principles. Divine principles establish standards, not the other way around. And they are at times related to culture and where we live. Where we live and what kind of nationality that we live under is also a part of understanding principles over standards. Confusion mounts up higher and higher when our standard becomes the principle. Where we get it reversed and the substance is more important or, or the symbol is more important than the substance. The reason you and I, I know sometimes people say, well, that church down the road, they, they dress a little different, they, they talk a little different, they have some weird ideas. Well, I want to tell you today, it's not because of a tradition or because we're just trying to keep up a status quo of 109 years. But here's what it is. Oh, I want to please him. Oh, I want to please him. And I want the revelation to understand what pleases him. Everybody say revelation. Revelation. I heard about a couple that just newlyweds that the wife every day had a glass of iced tea waiting in the refrigerator for her husband when he came home from work. It took him a month to get up enough courage to tell her, I hate iced tea. She was doing what she thought pleased him, but she didn't know him well enough. When you begin to know the Lord, you will find things in your life that you will do. Maybe somebody else does something different, but the goal is please him. Please him. I want to be submitted to him and please him. Hallelujah. The sovereign principles of God reveal God has systematic ways, systematic ways that he works that are consistent. The writer of Haggai declared that his, 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 more, his going is like the morning. He, he arrives like sun. Anybody see the sunrise this morning? Woo, that was a beautiful, a beautiful, colorful sunrise. Amen. But every morning... The sun rises here in this, this, this part of where we live. Every morning, the Lord says, that's the way I work. That is how I work. I am consistent. That is his ways. You find a principle that works here, it's going to work over here as well. You know, a lot of people say, show me where that is in the Bible. Anybody ever been confronted with that? Show me. Show me where smoking cigarettes is a sin in the Bible. I'm just using that as an illustration. Show me. Well, if you go looking, there is not a scripture that I know of. Bishop, may, may, maybe I missed it, but there, there's not a scripture that says, Thou shalt not put a cigarette to your mouth and smoke it. Anybody? I don't know of a specific scripture that says that. But I do know is that there are principles from Genesis, all the way through to Revelation, it matters what you put in your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And therefore, this this thing called nicotine kills people. It 
kills people. It gives cancer. Amen. And, and for years, we didn't know that, but yet the church still preached, you shouldn't be smoking. Anybody remember those days? That's before the Surgeon General ever come out and said, please, what, what was it? There was something inside of us that said, that doesn't fit the lifestyle of a child of God. Now, there are those that are battling it, those that are dealing with it, amen, that they should not quit because they feel defeated or why should I go to church? No, no, keep coming, keep pursuing God. Keep living towards that. Amen. Because we all have battles that we face. We, have all, we all have trials that we face. Habits and things we need to change. That's called sanctification. It's a process. Can you say amen? amen. Somebody says, show me where that is in the Bible. Perhaps it would have been easier if God had spelled out all human activity in minute detail about what we should do and shouldn't do. What kind of document would that be? We'd have to have our pickup trucks loaded down with it. We'd have to have computers as fast and as, and as powerful as NASA to hold all the things. Can you imagine every minute detail, but he didn't do it that way. He said, I'm going to put my spirit in you to lead you, to convict you, to show you what pleases me. Amen. Thank God today that the principles that we have got in the Word of God can help us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all Scripture, somebody say all Scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for fruit, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, that's mature, that you may be mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. All Scripture has got something that, that can teach us and lead us into this thing called life. Hallelujah. David said it like this, Thou wilt show me the path of life, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Lord, you'll show me the path of life. You'll show me. If our desire is to please God, we're going to have new convictions that come into our life. Not just old ones from the 70s and the 50s, but new convictions that come into our life. Amen. And in this world, we have to be very careful to put our guard up for this flesh and for the things of this world coming our way that our substance would propel our symbols. That the substance of God would propel our symbols. Stand with me, please. We must follow God's way and obey His will. That's what the Scripture says. We are to act outwardly what the Holy Spirit is doing to us inwardly. We are children of the Holy Father. We must look like the children of the Holy Father. We are royalty and we must carry ourselves like that. We have, made, we have been made more than conquerors and we should act like that and display 
our life before others. You are a written epistle. You are a written letter that people can read. And now with the advent of social media and people throw away restraint and post all kinds of stuff, it, it, it becomes known who we are. Church, my, my desire is that we have a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit that will show us that here's the power and here's the symbol. Here's the, the form and here's the power. I don't want just form, I want power. And if I have power, I want the symbol to go with it. Lord, in your many name. Church, will you come? Let's pray. Let's come and talk to the Lord today. Let's come and draw near to Him and say, Oh, fill me up, oh God. Fill me up, Lord Jesus, with your spirit because I want this substance that's inside of me to be represented in a proper symbol. Lord, let me be a person of character, integrity. Lord, for your glory in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.